Hey everybody, this is Ryan, and you're back here with another episode of Stars Forever. I'm joined by my co-host Cliff today, and we wanted to uh, touch on a new topic uh, this week that uh, ties a little bit into our last episode as far as military training uh, and you know boot camp to an extent, but uh, also something that I'm pretty passionate about, which is aviation uh, and an unfortunate mishap that we... Uh, offered our condolences for last week, which was the uh, CH-53 crash uh, out in Arizona uh, of the Marine Corps helicopter. And part of what we wanted to initially start off with here was the concept of military training. Um, We appreciated the comments that we got uh, from those of you who listened in to our last episode and uh, offered your insight as to what uh, your boot camp experience was like or you know, had anything uh, to say about our episode, but the one part that we didn't really talk about is the limitations to military training and the limitations to uh, a training environment as a whole. And unfortunately, the the 53 crash that did occur, they were flying in a storm environment that is not typically something that the Marine Corps, specifically the 53 community, trains to fly in. It's a type of wind, a type of rain and storms that aren't uh, typically seen, especially flying over a dark landscape like that, where it's one of those where, as Cliff and I were even talking about, you get into a, a risk versus reward type of mentality, where if you haven't trained for things, yes, we talk about how effective military training can be, and whether that be boot camp or whether that be flight school, or the fleet replacement squadrons, whatever it may be, those all have limitations because you can't train for everything. You can't plan for every single occurrence. You can't simulate every single weather occurrence, every single event that somebody might run into. But part of what they teach is needs to be more pressed, I think, is when does recognizing the limitations of what have I worked for? What am I prepared to handle in case of emergency or in case of an abnormal situation versus what am I not? And if you don't feel like you're prepared for a situation, if you don't feel like your training has set you up for success in that specific situation, there needs to be this mindset of when do we say, you know what, let's scrub this and let's try again tomorrow or let's scrub this and we'll try again when the weather improves maybe later today or tonight or whenever it may be. And I think it's it's just a really sad uh, and unfortunate circumstance that Marines had to lose their life uh, because of this. And, you know, obviously none of us know the full extent of, of the risk assessment or the full extent of why they felt they had to go at that point. But Yeah, I think that's a really important part to make because we don't want to accuse anything of, of there being a pilot error or a pilot bad judgment or anything like that. Because we don't know all the parameters, right? And another part of that risk assessment process that influences you and is when you're in the military or when you're in anything um, is is are you being told to to go beyond your limits? Are you being told you have to do this mission? Are you have to go? And again, we're talking about flying a flying instance here, which is a discon, different risk assessment process than let's say combat infantry combat, right? That's in the total different worlds. And so in this instance, we're really making sure that you understand we're not second guessing that. But what we are saying is sometimes the training doesn't take you far enough. It doesn't put you into situations 
that may cover things like this where they may have flown into a situation that they were just hadn't been trained on and, and weren't really ready for. Um, you know, the, the, the naval flight, it, you know, the naval aviation program does a great job, you know, and, and Ryan's uh, experienced this here recently about, but it was in a simulator base of, of certain conditions and, and where's that line and where do you push that line and trying to continue versus stopping, returning or changing, altering, whatever. And so, that's you know that's a, a opportunity for you know enhanced training and, and expanded training um but it's also you know uh, you know part of the concern here of, of of what happened right i think that's where you're going with this right Ron? yes and it's one thing i think too and that's why we have the simulators that's why we have some of these things that allow us to push some of those boundaries push some of those risk boundaries because it's a, a no-loss environment. If you crash the helicopter in a simulator, it's no big deal. You just hit the reset button and you start flying again, and you see what the limitations are. But there's an understanding in that event, in that event, in that environment that hey, I can push the boundaries a little bit more. I can see what I'm capable of doing, what the aircraft is capable of doing. But there has to be a, a toned back difference as far as okay, in the actual aircraft, there are actual consequences to if I choose to go versus choosing not to go. And so I think it's it's important that across aviation uh, and really across all aspects of the military is that there's an understanding of that. And that's kind of what I was, was trying to get. Yeah, well, there. and I think we're building on to that by saying the other part of the equation has to be asking your command structure to what extent do i have authorization or to what extent must i go or do i have the uh, do i have the authority to not go you know um in a training situation i would think the answer is don't push it why go it's training right what what do we care you know we'll go back and do the training another day um if it's uh, I mean, Ryan's situation is totally different. And, uh, you know, I'll take a conversation that he had today um, during one of his, uh, during a simulation training he had today is that Coast Guard's different, right? They are, in a sense, trained in certain expectations that they will go into the bad weather. And everybody always says, you know, there's the guys that fly into the bad stuff, you know, but they too have risk evaluation, say, to what extent do we go? To how far do we push this? And maybe these Marines didn't have that, or there was an expectation uh, expectation that they they um, you know that they had to go, um, you know, or they had to go through this situation. So um, uh, maybe I'm talking in circles, Ryan. What do you? What? No, and I, I think the other piece of it too that we have to to talk about is, you know, even risk assessments can't plan for everything. You can't write a procedure or a manual to cover every single possible occurrence, every single possible situation. And so you have to also make sure that you're instilling in the future leaders and the pilots and the air crews and everybody involved in aviation that there has to be a common sense factor to it too. That an understanding that just because this manual doesn't explicitly say well, this is prohibited or 
you know, doesn't specifically state a, a wind limitation or a visible moisture limitation or whatever it may be, just because that's not explicitly stated in there doesn't mean that there oh, shouldn't be a piece that, yeah. yeah, there shouldn't be a piece that's like, hey, this is probably a bad idea. Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, training, a lot of the military training is good because it has some of that stuff built in. What we're saying is, you know, I think what we're both saying here and is that it always could be improved, but you will never find. And the reason we're bringing this topic up is we got a question. And one of the questions that came in was, you know, is there areas of training that could be better um, or is there training in, on the civilian side that could help? And what we're saying here is that you can try to do all these things, but you can't. There's not perfect answers or perfect training to everything, but. Um, you know, weather is unpredictable, right? There's no way to simulate the same weather conditions that may occur in, in the real, you know, in the real world, for lack of better terms, or, you know, uh, what's going on outside, you know, kind of deal. So, uh, you know, we, we really still really feel for the pilots. We really, we hope the situation wasn't uh, them pushing themselves or trying to uh, feel like they had to go somewhere where they really didn't really need to. And I think I'll, I'll take that a little bit because one of the other things that we wanted to talk about today is, okay, now where's the line between what happened and the families and social media? Um, you know, I, I get it. I get the family's concerns about, you know, uh, of what happened and, and did they really need to go and was was this really necessary you know but i i struggle with putting that into social media and putting the, the scrutiny back out into the public where a lot of the public really doesn't have a freaking clue and they'll just use that for fodder for something else and i, I just i worry that as parents and as family members that we're using social media to kind of get back at the military, get back at certain people or something, or looking for some other ulterior motive. I don't know what that is. And that's not always the case. And I know there's a thousand times where this doesn't happen versus the one or two times that it does. But the problem is when the one or two times it does in social media, you see what happens with shadow motive and, and multimedia. It blows up, right? And it, it multifactors and it, and it, um, I forgot the damn. What's the name of the phrase, right? When it, when when a video goes, what's the viral? Name? Viral. There you go. And so that's what you worry about, right? I mean, yeah. There's sometimes when you're not getting the answers, and you're not getting the answers from the military, then yeah, that's it's time to maybe it's time to go that route. Um, you know, pack. I remember the back before social media and all this other stuff. There will always be this, you know. Um, you know, the the reporter writing an article in the paper from an anonymous source, you know, we don't have an anonymous source anymore. Everybody just blasts stuff out into social media. Um, so it's it's a concern that we're we're in a sense hurting the military or hurting, um, you know, the the reputation of, of maybe that pilot really did do everything right. And they just got hit by some you know, unknown lightning bolt or something that really, the, the, you know, we don't know. I mean, and so you can't make judgment, right? And so I worry that we're we're using it as a as a crutch to hurt versus 
you know, what all benefit are you really getting out of it? You're not bringing them back, right? So uh, unfortunately, and that's a terrible thing to say, but it's it's where I worry, right? Well, I think it's it's so easy to allow things to be, like social media is so polarizing. And I think the problem is that a family member may have a good intention in posting something or just want to raise awareness to something, but it can, it so quickly becomes spun off into something that they weren't intending it to be, where, you know, maybe it becomes where now people are saying, oh, well, if so-and-so wasn't, wasn't in office or so-and-so was, you know, president or wasn't president or whatever you want to say, like, it can be quickly become politicized, it can quickly become polarized, or you open up a mourning family to getting a bunch of hate from people online who are, you know, making hateful comments or making, like, saying things that should not be said to somebody who is in mourning, but because they put it out there on social media, they're opening themselves up to those people. And especially the more popular it gets, the more, like, as something goes viral, just as many people that like it, there are just as many people that are going to be talking hate on it. Yeah, they're going to be haters to it, yeah. So it just really is a bad situation all around. And the military, yes, you know, having transparency is definitely a, a huge key because it's how you hold people accountable for mistakes. It's how you hold people accountable to make sure that things improve and stuff stuff, stuff doesn't happen again. Right. But there's a time and a medium for bringing that point across. And is social media really the best place for that? I, I yeah. really don't think so. Well, I don't, you know, I mean, you know me, I'm not a big fan of it anyways. And that's just a, probably the, the age factor and so forth. I like social media for certain things, right? I use it for you know, when my, you know, for me with my family spread across the country, you know, I, I use it for a way for my family to see your events and see when you had a great game or, you know, like we, when you did your first Hilo, Silo, uh, Hilo solo um, here recently that, you know, it's, it's fun to share those kind of moments. But when you're using it in these cases, and a lot of times people just don't understand what their rights are i don't know if it's rights but they don't understand what happens when a when your son or daughter transitions to the military and i want to give you an example here um when ryan went into the coast guard academy as a freshman as uh, you guys were called plebes i don't know what you guys were called um, swabs swabs you know one of the things that was set up was there was a Facebook group for the parents of that class. And they did some verification process and so forth to make sure that, you know, that you you actually should be able to see what's going on in that class. But it was really, having been ex-military, I understood that certain things and and that others that have maybe never experienced the military before with their sons and daughters. And so we would watch these posts. one instance of this is people were writing saying, oh, my Lord, my son is really sick. The clinic there is not taking care of him. I want to get him to the doctors or the clinic won't give me copies of the of his records or of his visit or tell us what medication they have him on or anything. 
They said, why aren't you sending us that? This is one of those cases where they just didn't understand that once your son or daughter entered and signed into Swab Summer, into the academy, they became a military member. Even at age 18, they became an adult. They became their own entity. You as a parent, therefore, at that point, no longer had any rights to their medical records or anything that happens in there because they don't belong to you anymore in a sense. They don't. And so there was a lot of people getting very upset about these. I can't get answers to this. Well, they need to take care of it themselves. It's time for them to grow up. You know, and that was my response in the forum was, you know, um, he can't run home to, to mommy and daddy anymore. It's time for him to stand on his own feet and deal with this situation. They just couldn't understand that. And now that's two different topics mixed in because that's a whole maturity thing and the maturity of people today and helicopter parents, excuse the pun, right? Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, all these kinds of things. And, you know, tying back to my original topic, which is, understanding what you really can't ask and what you really can't ask for and um, and what you just don't have a right to ask for anymore because they're not yours you know um, they are in blood and family and all that stuff but um, you know I, I can't see your records I can't see what you know is in your personnel file I can't see what they said about your last doctor visit I, I don't get that right anymore you're considered an adult in the military's eyes so it's these factors then. So why are you pushing stuff into social media and so forth and demanding these things, you know, when you should know that you can't? And I don't know if that's a good enough story to tie into this, but it was just something that I thought was, you know, that kind of came to mind about, you know, to what, where's our boundaries, right? And, um, you know, we kind of need to know our boundaries and where we can do good with things and where we're going to do harm with things. And I think that's a question that there's no blanket answer to every situation, but it's something that people need to be aware of when they're doing these things. And so, you know, my biggest fear, you know, I I hate it when immediate blame goes to a pilot. You know, we don't know what that pilot situation was. You know, the other crew there and the other people were in that helicopter at the time, if they're blaming the pilot and they're blaming them in social media, how did, how, how does that help anything? Right? I mean, what good are you doing? You know, maybe it'll make you feel better and you justify, you know, you know, something in your mind. I don't know what, but, you know, I don't see how you're helping. You now you just destroyed another family because now there's going to be all this accusation, accusation and so forth, as Ryan alluded to earlier. So. Ryan, I don't. Yeah. I'd be. No, I think it's a tough concept, you know, especially like you were saying, I mean, the way that the generation that I have grown up in has been raised and has been parented is significantly different than really any previous generation as far as the amount of of input and the, you know, I'm trying to think of the exact best word to say, but like the hands-on approach to to parenting, the hands-on approach to on with their children that there's so many cases these days where it's like, parents are involved in children's lives into like their late 20s a lot and even into their 30s and so I think with that expectation there was a lot of people who 
were at the academy with me that either that's what they were expecting was that their parents would still be involved or that that's what their parents were expecting was that they would still be involved. And the military is kind of the one aspect that if you join, you are, it is a stark departure from that expectation. You're, you are on your own. You are expected to understand and fend for yourself through it. And I think it's tough for that to grasp because in previous generations that wasn't necessarily a thing where you know parents not that they weren't you know there for you not that they weren't involved but they understood that you know when you leave for college or when you join the military like you're an adult you're gonna have to behave like an adult you're gonna have to act like an adult and you're gonna be treated like one well and i think and I nowadays about, go ahead sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no go for it well, I was going to say the, the hands-on thing. I, I don't think it's so much hands-on. I, I've been hands-on in your life, right? Because I want to be involved. I want to provide you my experience and and lessons that I learned that I wanted to translate to you, so you don't make those same mistakes that I did. That's hands-on to me. Maybe I'm misinterpreting the word, but being able or wanting to make decisions for your child or to influence influence their decisions with other people like going to the commander that like say let's say you got in trouble at the academy and and i called the, <laughs> the commandant of cadets and basically said i want to talk to you about why you're accusing my son of this and you should be okay that's crossing the line that's helicopter parenting that's that's not hands-on that's that's you know i'm trying to solve a problem for my kid who needs to buck up and handle it himself right so that's the differentiator I wanted to throw in there about the hands-on part, right? So, yeah, hands-on versus I guess that that was kind of why I was trying to come up with the exact overbearing, over-controlling, yeah. something yeah. along those lines. More yeah. would be more of an accurate yeah. as far as like there's a difference between being involved, being there for your child, versus thinking you know what's better for them than anybody else. And then uh, to complete and, and complete the whole linkage, then using social media to do that with, right? And using yes. social media and using accusatory things in press and so forth to kind of influence something for your kid or in and or against somebody else that may have, you know, in in a sense the the helicopter pilot example that I gave. So, I you know that's how that whole social media, you know, why we're 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 kind of digging in that area. And it's really, it's unfortunate for, because sometimes, you know, the kids may not, or I say kids, the adults may not even know well or know any better. And I feel like when you give social media exposure to a parent or family member, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a parent, it can be aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, mm -hmm. you know, whoever it may be, if they're if they're skirting around, like the military has a chain of command for a reason. The military has a structure, a rank structure that people answer to specific people and it's a checks and balances thing. Well, when that's being skirted around or posted on social media by, by family members or relatives, like you're not only undercutting the chain of command, but you're undercutting your own service members, you know, kind of, trust their kind of reputation in a way because mm -hmm. you're saying that well this is what whether they think it or not 
it becomes the assumption that this is what they think and they're not uh, growing, you know, the guts to come in and say it or to to handle the situation. When with that person posting again, as I mentioned with the with the whole signing over, not knowing all the facts, right, and not knowing everything that's going on, so they're they're making assumptions and and presumptions to post this stuff. And again, they don't understand that the military handles things different. This isn't you know this isn't high school. This isn't you know uh, mommy and daddy showing up at the assistant principal's office you know, to go deal with these things. So why would you post those kinds of things and, and, and start that, start that path? And again, you know, um, maybe there's a reason I, I'll, I'll soften here a little bit in my end is that, you know, at times there's times to question things, right? Um, you know, no, we know the military is not perfect. We know people and, and the military has attempted to cover up things and, um, cover up friendly shootings and, you know, uh, friendly fire kind of situations. And we know that's happened numerous times. And you know, we're not saying that they're not without fault and, and not without uh, need to be called out. It's, you know, I think nine out of 10 times the social media crap posts aren't going about it the right way. And there's other ways to better handle that, um, either that be, you know, through legal challenge or whatever. Um, you know, there's there's got to be a better way, and we just don't well, want uh, we. I, I think seg- pulling all this together, that you know, the training's never going to be perfect. We don't know all the factors that that pilot or that crew or whatever. We don't know what their command structure said. There's a lot of ifs, thens, or buts in this whole thing, and so you don't want it just to wash away. You don't want it to be these people to be forgotten about. You don't want it to not be a lesson or part of a future training, right? You got taught a, a great lesson here in a recent training thing that you told me about from a previous incident and, and learn from what that happened to them so you don't make that same mistake again when you're flying, right? And so I think those are kind of the benefits of, of that, um, uh, learning for the mistakes. But, um, you know, what value is it to... to piss off the world or people, you know, in social media. Well, I think you you hit on two big things there. Number one, 10 out of 10 times a social media post that you make, by the end of it, especially if it goes viral, it is not going to be the same message that it was when you originally posted it. There is going to be people are going to take things out of context. People are going to change things. People are going to write it and shift it to become what they want it to say, not what you were saying initially. And that's this huge danger of social media is that it will never, no matter how you intend something to be or how you intend something to be when you post it, by the end, it will not be that. Especially when you're calling out something that involves a lot of people like the military, which is a direct offshoot of the United States government. So now whatever you think or whatever you were intending when you posted it, there's going to be people from both sides of political parties, from all parts of the political spectrum, different beliefs on whether they support or don't support the military. Every single one of those people are going to find one little thing that you said in your post and use that to support their argument. 
and it's going to become this huge thing that you never intended it to be. And that's the danger of social media. And then the second, yes, for their cause. And then the second thing that you talked about was learning from previous experience. That's why the military has investigations. That's why there's investigations into these crashes. And that's why you want to make sure that you're not like, yes, like you said, holding people accountable, making sure it's not forgotten about, but there's also something to be said about allowing an investigation to complete in the military, because especially these days, there's so many eyes that the military has to be accountable to what they're doing. And so investigations are very thorough reports while they may not be released to the full public are made available to military members and they're implemented. Like what I was told in training was all of these special emergency procedure events and things like that, where we practice abnormal conditions, abnormal emergencies, things like that. They're all written in blood is the way that it's described to us because we would not be training for something if it had not happened to somebody else, whether they walked away from it or whether they didn't, unfortunately, those lessons and those takeaways are then written into future academic, future simulator experiences so that we can see that. So that people coming behind that, that incident can see what happened. How did the original crew respond? Was that the right response looking back now? Or could they have responded in a different way? And if they could have, what is that different way? How do we prepare the next wave of pilots? How do we prepare the next wave of flight officers to be ready to respond if they see that? And then it also just is building your overall capabilities and your overall knowledge base. Because now not only do you know how to respond to specific occasions, but it's also built up your critical thinking skills to be able to handle different things. And so I think that just, that needs to be stated too, is like allow, allow for facts to be found, allow for Without an being understanding influenced by of other the, outside factors, right? And let the, let the facts yes. be found and not be influenced by other people creating so much noise that you can't get to the true facts. You know, and I, I I'll take that right because those are wonderful points. I mean, and thank you for making me sound really smart because you were just a whole lot smarter with how you, how you said that. <laughs> um, but I want to, there was one question that we got, which was, is there any training similar to this in the civilian world? And when I first read that question, I go, no, there's not really. And then, but then as you were saying that, I flipped and I'm like, my daughter, um, who's in nursing school had to go through a situation of critical thinking. And I'm just like, your comment about learning in all past instances were, were basically drafted in blood. It's the same thing in the nursing field or in the medical field. You, they've learned and their training is based on past events, something that's gone wrong, something in the protocol didn't work right and so forth. So the training for the future and the training she got was in a sense improved and so i i do now think there is related you know civilian training to to that and it's it's you know it learn from the from the mistakes um learn and see where protocols or, or certain areas didn't work because of an event um you know and 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 change the 
training can be there can be some similarities found between military training and, and civilian training in my head. And I, I hope you agree with that, right? I mean you you've heard. You hit it right on the head. I mean it everything whether it's like you were saying the medical field, whether it's aviation, whether it's submarines in the navy, you know, whatever it may be, it's taking past lessons because as things evolve, as new technology comes out, we learn more about what we did prior and why it might be right or wrong and how we can adjust those things. The military of 2024 does not look like the military of 1924 or even 1974 or whenever, you know, whenever you want to pick, like it's always evolving. It's always changing. The medical field is the same way. Medicine, we used to use leeches because we figured that cured people of illnesses. And now we know that those cause more than they cure. And so. Well, what scares me, Ryan, what scares me, Ryan, and and I interrupted you again, is that that is the premise of artificial intelligence, right? The premise of artificial intelligence is to take events learned to make future decisions. And my concern with artificial intelligence is, yeah, it's going to help. And they are in as the military progresses as to its use of artificial intelligence, so is the civilian world, the medical world, and everything else. My worry is we're going to lose our own critical thinking because we're allowing AI to think for us. And I, I, I don't, that's a whole other topic, and I didn't mean to go there, but it's just it just popped in my head like, oh, oh Lord, you know, here we go. And, um, you know, because it, it affects my business and affecting my business right, you know, uh, right now. And, and, you know, because of what we do and, um, you know, uh, it's 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 a growing it's a growing concern um, in the military world. Who's going to possess that power first? And my worry is it's going to take away the human critical thinking factor um, to where we make um non-emotional decisions and i think a lot of decisions are made with a component of emotion to them should be uh should be so um there are certain things yeah maybe not but uh, for the most part i believe there needs to be so all right well ryan how do we how do we tie this up um i think we kind of did a couple summaries of it already but i um you know i First, obviously, and most wholeheartedly, you know, express our condolences to those families. I wish I didn't then start seeing the other part where there was starting to be blame thrown out there in social media and and uh, passing back and forth and then, you know, pushing, um, you know, to get certain answers and, and being critical of certain factors and how that may now change those other families or may change the way a military has to operate or that unit has to operate or those how those pilots have to operate in the future it could be good there could be bad from that right and so um you know uh, the most obvious comment we've made out of this whole thing is um me at my age and even ryan at his age and with the you know big age disparity there neither of us believe social media is the answer for any of this stuff and it really should go back to being what it's supposed to have been in the very beginning, which was very basic ways to share good things with your family and not to be used for political um, misleading purposes and other cause purposes and so forth. And 
in a sense, um, you know, being used by foreign entities and so forth to, in a sense, brainwash, you know, people and uh, influence them in different ways. And so, you know, the whole social media thing, that crap's got to stop. And then the last, I hope the lesson from this is if anybody's listening to this, that may just have somebody going into the military or joining an academy uh, or getting ready to attend an academy and so forth, that you understand you're, you know, in a sense, you've got to, you got to let go and you got to let go of certain things and you've got to trust that you raised your kid right and that they are capable enough to make decisions for themselves and um, you can't be there for them all the time. You can't. And uh, hopefully you, uh, you know, raised your kids well that they, they, they can't stand on those two feet. Ryan, did, did, hopefully I, I gave us a good summary there. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to tie up on that. No, I think you I think you hit it all exactly right. You know, I think the artificial intelligence and that whole piece would be a, probably something we'll cover in our next episode because there's so much to unpack there too. But uh, I think your summary was was exactly right. Well, good. I don't have all the answers. Ryan doesn't have all the answers. Again, we're talking and and using this one to vet invent ourselves and get things off our chest that we want to. Um, two, we hope there's some education and and benefit coming from it. Three, we hope it sparks conversation and that you'll join in. Um, and we've really appreciated uh, you know the feedback that we've received and continue to receive. Um, you know the good stuff, the positive, the you know, the, the things that help um, us all get better. And, you know, we hope, you know, we can just be a small, small, small piece in helping people understand certain things. And, you know, maybe we can all push for a change because Lord knows we need a change. I, I, I can't keep going, um, you know, in this country and the way things are going, um, you know, the way the press has become. I, I can't stand it and I'm done. Um, <laughs> so... I uh, uh, I use this to allow myself to get some of that off. So with that, I am going to say goodbye, Ryan. Is there anything else you want to close with? And then we'll close her out. And hopefully we'll be talking again um, soon. I think you hit everything. Uh, you know, my my heart is always out to anybody who has lost either a loved one uh, or anyone involved in any of the aviation accidents that the military has unfortunately had this year. Um, you know, you never want to see it, but like we talked about, some good can come from it. Uh, good from the tragedy, just from the lessons learned to hopefully save somebody else's life uh, someday or save a crew's life down the road someday. And so, just allow those investigations to play out, allow those the fact-finding, allow that to happen so that we can not make those people who we've lost, the service men and women who we've lost, don't let their losses be in vain. Allow it to help people moving forward and uh, allow it to help build the training up. And then... We I hope you'll you take exactly solace. I just think, I hope that you... Uh, the, those families take solace in learning, knowing that hopefully some good will come from it. I know that's not 
any enough payment for the loss of your of your child or your or your spouse or whatever. I, I realize that there's no no payment well enough for that. Um, you know, but hopefully there's a little bit of solace that can that can be gained. Exactly. Okay, well, well. go ahead, Brian. Thank you everybody for tuning in. I think we we're about to say the same thing there. Yeah. Um, yeah. We yeah. always appreciate all of our listeners. We always appreciate the, the interaction, the feedback. Continue checking out our merchandise site. Uh, we we love seeing uh, that people are purchasing that stuff. We love seeing the regular orders and, and getting stuff out. Um, can we just we appreciate the support because it allows us to continue doing this. It allows us to continue uh, getting this podcast out there to have those conversations that we talk about. So. Uh, until next time, everybody, I'm signing off. And this is Cliff. I just, if you've got any other feedback or other topics you want us to um, express them or uh, discuss, we will be glad to. But thank you again for listening, and, and I'm signing off as well. Thank you, everybody. Bye.